Hello, welcome to Youth Action Talks, where teens talk about teen issues. I'm Lily. I'm Ayushi. And I'm Shuka. And we are so excited to be here with Mrs. Keller today to talk all about advocating for yourself. Mrs. Keller is the mental health specialist at Northwood High School, and we will be asking her some questions today to best learn the ins and outs of advocating for yourself and getting help. Welcome, Ms. Keller, and thank you for being here. So the first question for today is, what does advocating for yourself mean? It's a great question. Um, I think that when we think about advocating for ourselves, it's first an acknowledgement of your needs and an acknowledgement of your values and worthiness and then doing something about it, right? So if I'm advocating for myself, I recognize that I have a need, that I'm valuable and worthy, and now I need to do something, right? I need to say something, I need to speak up. Um, I think it can look a lot of different ways, honestly. Uh, advocating could look like saying no, right? Having those, those healthy boundaries with friends, commitment, uh, maybe when your plate's full, saying like, hey, I just can't manage anymore right now. Uh, um, like I think in relationships, advocating for yourself could look like clear communication, right? Expressing my needs very clearly and not just saying, you know, I'm fine. I think so often people are like, I'm fine. It's okay. It's cool. Um, when really we need to work on that congruent communication where if I'm not okay, I need to express that clearly to people because they cannot read my mind. Um, so really in general, advocating is this effort to make yourself seen and make yourself heard. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. So our second question so is in regards to mental health, how does someone know when they should try to get help for themselves or to get help from others? And what do you think are some methods of healthy self-help? Yeah, that could look different in so many different people and across different communities, right? So I think a, a big thing when you should recognize, okay, I think I need help or I should get myself some help would be when you notice some sort of like significant change in your activities of daily living. So if I've noticed a huge change in my sleep, um, a huge change in my relationships, if I notice big changes in my job. So for students, that their jobs are, you know, school. So if I notice a big change at school with maybe my performance or motivation, um, but definitely those basic needs, if they're not being met, the sleep, the appetite, if there's changes there, or if I'm no longer feeling safe, these are huge indicators that you need help, that something needs to change. Um, so that's kind of what you would look for. Changes in jobs, basic needs, relationships. and. So if you notice that, right, how can you start to help yourself on your own would be getting healthy sleep. I know that our school district really drills that into students and families, but it's so hard to get that seven to eight hours, isn't it? Um, 
our students are so busy and so overscheduled and overwhelmed. So healthy sleep usually comes at a sacrifice, you know? So that's one thing that you can do to help yourself is get good sleep. Make sure you're putting in your body, you know, some healthy foods, whatever that looks like for you. Um, a, a big way that I always talk to my students that I work with is limiting toxic input. Um, and that you can take that however you want. But what I mean by that is limiting things that don't serve you. So for some, it might be limiting your cell phone usage, right? And for others, maybe that isn't toxic to them. Um, but definitely research shows that students who spend more than three to four hours on their phone each day, which is most students, it negatively impacts their mental health, their self-confidence, and how they feel about themselves. Um, so yeah, limiting that toxic input that could be relationships too, right? If we are allowing people to, you know, have a toxic influence on us, then we're not helping ourselves. Um, other self-help ways, mindfulness is a huge movement. Um, I think I've even seen Yat do some mindfulness talks, but mindfulness is just a daily practice of being aware of our thoughts and feelings and then processing them instead of stuffing them down. So if we don't have this mindful practice and we don't have awareness of our emotions, we're just pushing, pushing, pushing everything in and you know never processing it. And that means that it will either explode on someone else or it will explode on ourselves, right? Um, so mindfulness is key. I have some solid like books that I typically recommend. I don't know if you want me to call those out. Um, I can do that. Um, I love any book by David Burns. He is an incredible therapist who wrote the Feeling Good Handbook, which sounds pretty cheesy, but it's actually life-changing for many. Um, when Panic Attacks, he read that for people who struggle with, you know, symptoms of anxiety. And then journaling. I'm always telling students, look, if people journaled, they wouldn't, you know, many wouldn't need a therapist. So there's some great journals uh, specifically for teens. Put Your Feelings Here is a good one. Wreck This Journal is a good one. And a funny one is um, my therapist told me to journal, journal. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. But yeah, I mean, all those things are just like very natural, holistic ways you can show yourself some self-compassion, honestly. And if you don't notice positive change coming from like that list of like healthy self-help things, then I would highly recommend you reach out to a trusted adult and like we talked about before, advocate for yourself, right? Show up, help yourself be seen, clearly communicate your needs. Definitely a really, really helpful and insightful answer. Um, our next question is, what are good ways to convey that you are struggling? Say you want more time on a project from, from a teacher because you just haven't been feeling well or you need space from a friend. Um, and along that line, how can you avoid feeling ashamed when you're conveying yourself? So how can you tell people you're struggling? Um, 
honestly, it's it's having the the courage to say it out loud, right? To just say, hey, I am struggling. Um, I think a lot of times we fear people's judgment, right? We are scared to be vulnerable and ask for help because so much of our culture or uh, maybe the way we were brought up or I don't know, just competition amongst peers tells us vulnerability is weakness. It's not good. Don't do it, right? So um, I don't know if you guys know Brene Brown. She's incredible. But she said, vulnerability is not weakness. It is emotional risk. And vulnerability is the most accurate measure of courage. And I love that. Um, because I see a lot of students, so many students who struggle with perfectionism. And I, I think that perfectionism is unattainable expectations. And we hustle toward perfectionism to attempt to avoid shame, right? And, and inevitably what happens is we, we still feel ashamed. So how, how do you do this is you just you take that deep breath and say, hey, I'm struggling teacher. Um, I've been feeling X, Y, Z. Can you help me? And honestly, y'all, more often than not, if you are brave enough to express yourself to a teacher or to a counselor, you will get probably more help than you even imagined you could. Um, I just think you have to step into that discomfort and, and say it out loud. Also, I mean, I think a lot of times, you said something about a friend. Did you say like needing space from a friend? Is that right? Okay. Um, I'm thinking a lot of times we just are fear-based, right? We don't wanna speak up or express that we want space because we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of judgment. But if we recognize that we need space, that's a, that's a need. So it, the question is, is ask yourself, are you putting the other person's needs and comfort above your own needs and comfort, right? And I always, I don't always do this, but sometimes I ask my clients, my students, hey, okay, I hear you talking really negatively to yourself. You're telling yourself, I am bad. I am sad. I should never feel sad. And I hear you just like pretty much damning your negative emotions, right? Judging your negative emotions, telling yourself, I cannot feel sad. It is not okay to feel sad. I will do everything I can to avoid sad. And you just end up feeling worse. So I asked my students, hey, how would you talk to a friend that felt sad? What would you say to them? Um, and more often than not, they're like, well, I wouldn't tell them to stop feeling that way or that it's not okay to feel that way, right? I would tell them, hey, wow, you're going through a lot. This is hard. You sound overwhelmed. What can I do to help you, right? Do you need a hug? Do you need help? And so if, if you would say that to your best friend or someone you cared about, why are you talking to yourself way more critically, right? So I just challenge that. And that's that self-compassion work that um, we need everyone to engage in is talking to yourself like you would talk to a friend that you care about. Non-judgmental, gracious, compassionate. So that's kind of how you, you navigate um, avoiding feeling ashamed, I would, I would say. 
That was amazing advice. I loved the quote on vulnerability. I think it is so true and so applicable in so many ways. So our next question is, how can students advocate for themselves if they have parents that aren't really supportive of or believe in mental health issues or problems that they're struggling with? Right. That, that is such a difficult and intense situation when you as a kid are struggling and you need your parents' support and you assume that you won't get it, right? That's beyond difficult. And so in those situations, I would really want to encourage you, if that were you, to start to be open and be congruent with how you're feeling. A lot of times students are like, I can't even express like how I feel because they won't believe me or they'll think I'm, you know, trying to seek attention. So I would say start showing how you feel openly and seek out a trusted adult. Um, there are so many people on your school campus um, I don't know who the audience is here, but elementary, middle, and high school, there are so many people, uh, counselors, who are very well qualified to support students who have family who don't understand mental health. Your mental health specialist at your, your school, um, that might be a really great person to connect with. I mean, that's their specialty. They're licensed therapists, right? And so they are very well versed as well as counselors in connecting with family members and educating them about, you know, mental health and that it is just like being physically not well, right? And how I talk to parents who, you know, have a hard time understanding mental health is, you know, well, if your child broke their arm or better yet, if your child had the flu, right? You would ask them, okay, what are your symptoms? I have stomach ache, headache, whatever. And and what do you need? You would you would get them the medicine they needed, right? You would take them to the doctor to get a checkup. You would allow them to rest, right? You would allow them time away from their homework. And so mental health is not visible, but definitely very real. And similar intervention is needed going to the doctor, potentially getting medication that you might need. Um, and then allowing for rest and time away from school as needed, right? I'm speaking really generally, but, um, and we take into consideration, you know, cultural background, um, you know, generational gaps um, when we're talking with family members. And we really let the child take uh, the lead in that. But if there's like no willingness on the family's end to engage in mental health support, Students have access to so many supports. Um, they have access to crisis hotlines, the teen text line. Um, students, some students in really special cases have access to consent to their own treatment. Um, another thing that I'm thinking um, students could do if their family was like, no, we don't believe in mental health at all. Um, they could start to like kind of hint at some amazing parent workshops that IUSD has. Um, and I can send you these links later, but there's some really solid parent workshops that were put out um, by the district office, uh, the prevention and intervention team and counselors 
about um it doesn't specifically say mental health but it talks about like gaming addiction and how to support your child and how to talk to your child and communicate with them but they're woven throughout all of these workshops is this message that physical health is equally as important as mental health and i think that the more parents are exposed to that and the more we reduce the stigma as a school district and community the better off our students are going to be, right? But again, support, getting support of an adult to help that child navigate um, getting family support. That's always best practice. Yeah, that, that's really wonderful because there are so many kids who kind of have to feel like they have to do it on their own and navigate mm-hmm. it all by themselves, which is never productive. Um, so kind of on the note, and I think you touched on it specifically, but how can a counselor help in like tangible ways? Sure, so counselors are incredible. They're incredibly trained to support you social emotionally, to support you, you know, academically and to support you with your family. Um, Tangibly, what they can do is first meet with you and allow an outlet. (laughs) I think so often students are like, Oh, man, I don't, I don't want to open up here at school. This is my safe place. And if I open up, I won't be able to stop. But that is what your counselor's office is, is a place for you to, you know, and metaphorically take that backpack of pressure and intensity and possibly hurt and sadness and trauma and, and unload it, right? You unload that backpack so you can kind of relieve yourself of some of that burden and they can carry it with you. You know, it's, It's so important to have someone that you can trust to be with you along your journey, whatever that journey looks like, all across intensities. um, That's one thing. And I think they can also, you know, walk you through those self-help, you know, study structures, right? Like, okay, how's your sleep? Let's let's figure out a plan there. Um, How's the balance of your class load? Let's figure out a plan there. So you're not always gonna get the answers maybe that you want going to a counselor or a mental health specialist, but you will be challenged to take care of yourself, you know, and your basic needs first, um, your safety first. And then um, if you are ready, navigating, getting some parent support. Um, I just had a student today tell me, okay, Ms. Keller, I'm gonna tell you something, and I know you're gonna have to tell my mom, um, but I think I'm ready to do that. And that just showed, you know, a significant amount of trust. And it, it showed that, you know, there, there was readiness on the students end to get the help that they needed, you know. Um, counselors also are there to help you navigate advocating for yourself to teachers. Um, I think students oftentimes, you know, teachers are incredible human beings, but sometimes um, can be quite intimidating to students. And so I would hope that any counselor, any mental health specialist could bridge that gap between student and teacher and and help you recognize that teachers are human and they care about you and they want to support you and they want to see you succeed. And so that that can be really helpful tangibly, um, you know, connecting you and your teacher and troubleshooting uh, when there are, you know, significant mental health or other types of concerns where you can't navigate your performance in the way you're used to. 
Those are some great tips and some great resources. Definitely go check out your counselors. They're great resources on campus. Um, and then for our next question, more on the topic of mental health, are there any mental health issues that can be prevented and how can you prevent them if there are any? Yeah, definitely you can prevent mental health issues from becoming, you know, in that severe range. Um, there are some mental health issues that uh, may be more pervasive that are not preventable, but for the, for the ones that are preventable, which is most of the um, things that teenagers are experiencing is, you know, I see a lot of students who are presenting with symptoms of anxiety, symptoms of depression, and with COVID, a lot of the social anxiety and potentially, you know, trauma related to just what's been going on in our world. Um, but yes, you can prevent mental health issues by Focusing first on your physical health, right? Your basic needs. Recognizing that I need to be healthy physically. Getting good sleep. Making sure I'm feeding my body with, you know, good food. Um, recognizing balance, right? Um, so much overcommitment and overscheduling uh, here in Irvine. And so um, a lot of students sacrifice, unfortunately, their mental health for... Um, overloading themselves so making sure we achieve balance true balance not just balance that we're crossing our fingers we'll be able to manage um, having a mindfulness practice uh, balanced out with some you time some you time to reflect and I think you know having a support system is part of you know something that can prevent mental health issues from becoming you know really serious so that was like physical health you know balance mindfulness support system and honestly just setting really healthy boundaries for yourself definitely what you said is really important i think like you mentioned a lot of kids in irvine their prioritization starts to get a little blurry and it's the class over how you feel or maybe like a social event over you time, which is really important to kind of look into. Um, mm -hmm. So the next question is, can you give any advice to someone who's struggling? Yes. I would tell them that there's always someone who will listen. And there's always someone who will walk through whatever they're going through with them as long as they're looking in the right places. Um, I would tell anyone if they're struggling that that it's okay and that I would be with them through it and I would prioritize their safety and their well-being and that I want them to, you know, choose hope. There's always hope. You know, there's, there's always more support that can be put in place um, and that there are people that will care for them even if they have discounted every human being you know on their list there is always someone who will care and will support them and I would also tell them not only that but okay speak up it's time for you to go ask for help I think um, really highlighting that help-seeking behavior is one of the most important things for someone who is struggling. 
And yet that can be so hard, right? So, so difficult to take that first step because of the vulnerability issue, right? We are so scared to be vulnerable because we think it's weakness, but it is not. It is actually courage. Um, so I would encourage that person, be courageous, be brave, speak up because there is hope. Awesome. Thank you. That advice was so helpful. And I feel like it honestly resonates with so many students, not only in Irvine, but across the United States. Um, so our final question, we just wanted to ask you if you got, if you had any resources that you think are helpful, helpful for someone who's struggling with a mental health issue or just going through a really difficult time in their life. Sure. Um, there are so many resources. Um, I think first, you know, on campus, there's always going to be resources available to you. Your counselors, your TA, your trusted adult. Um, TA stands for a lot of things. Um, we've got, you know, your mental health specialist on campus. I mean, hopefully your family is a, a resource, you know, maybe a, a faith leader um, or a spiritual guide. Uh, there are always hotlines as well, right? There's the 24-7 National Suicide Hotline. Um, there's the Crisis Text Line. There's the Warm Line um, for, for people who are like, oh man, I just I have this issue that I need to process through with a trained individual. Um, there's the Teen Talk Line. Uh, and not a lot of people know about this one, but the Teen Talk Line is uh, open from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. every single day. And it's teenagers who've been through, you know, hundreds of hours of training to support teens. So teens can call, teens can text, and you'll you'll know that you have a peer who gets it, who's going through what you're going through, um, you know, in, in, in some sense, who can connect with you and support you so you're not alone. Um, and then there's the Say Something app that Irvine Unified School District has. Um, a lot of times people are like, well, I don't need help, but my friend does, right? And so the Say Something app is quite cool and, and in my opinion, underutilized. Uh, and what it is, is it's an anonymous reporting system. So if you're worried about a friend, if you see a friend, you know, struggling with anything really, um, and you're worried about them, that is a place where you can, you know, log in to saysomething.net and you can put a tip anonymously in and say, I'm worried about, you know, Mary Joe, and um, here's why I'm worried and here's screenshots if you have them because I'm super worried and you know here's what I know thanks help her please right and so a team of school school uh, staff um, and others at the district office will kind of triage those tips and we will make sure that that student gets the support that they need they're not in trouble um, it doesn't have to go on their school record um, we just want to make sure our students are safe and alive first, uh, and then we can figure out all the other pieces later. Um, and then beyond that, like there's so many community resources. I mean, there's the, the trans lifeline, the Trevor lifeline um, for our LGBTQ youth. Um, and then there's thousands of therapists in the community who are trained and ready to support you with whatever presenting problem you have. Um, healthy people see therapists, right? And, and people who are struggling with their mental health see therapists. Therapists see therapists. Um, so the more we can normalize that, 
normalizing therapy, like going to the gym, right? Oh, went to the gym today, went to therapy today. That would be amazing. That would be, you know, a life goal for me to see that. And honestly, I think this generation, your guys' generation is way better at normalizing therapy and mental health than my generation. Um, I see so many students, you know, like, hey, I, I saw my therapist the other day and can you believe what she said? Or, you know, here's what we worked on. And I was like, oh man, you see me therapist. Like those are the conversations I love to have with students because they're doing the work. They don't feel ashamed about it and they're gonna be better off for it. Um, so yeah, if you ever need links or resources for therapists, uh, Irvine Unified School District has um, a referral system called Care Solace. So any family in Irvine Unified School District has access to this service. It's free, confidential. Um, you go on caresolace.com-iusd and I can get you guys these links, but families just click, refer themselves. And what Care Solace does is it's a mental health concierge and they take your health insurance information and they match you with providers who are currently taking new, new patients and who accept your insurance, which you know, is a really hard task to do if you were to manage that on your own. It might take hours for you to find a therapist who's taking new clients and who's in your you know, zip code who takes your insurance. It's really tough and it shouldn't be so tough, but it just is. Um, so they can really help navigate that process really smoothly. Um, so that's a really amazing resource that IUSD is offering this year. Um, and hopefully that continues into next year as well. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a insightful, um, warming and comforting conversation. And we really do appreciate all the tips you shared. I think the resounding theme was there's always somewhere to help. There's always some somewhere place where you can seek guidance and support. And I really like the analogy that you brought up how that backpack of stress, a counselor can help carry it for you and with you, which I think is really yeah. sweet. So thank you so much. No problem. We couldn't have said it better than Miss Keller herself. Please take all of her advice to heart and never be afraid to reach out to your school counselor for help. To close off, we want to genuinely remind you that there is always help available. You are never alone and someone always cares. Thank you so much and have a nice day.